0: Man, you know, we uh, back in May of 2020, in the heat of the uh, pandemic situation. Uh, well, I say the heat, and the, I, I don't. That's probably not the word. But in the middle of of all the uh, hysteria that was going on about the pandemic, we made a decision at that time. You guys can pull the lights up for me if you would. I want to see everybody smiling faces out here. We made a decision that we were going to be the church of Jesus Christ, that we were going to be essential and act essential, that we were going to keep loving people, we we're going to keep preaching the gospel, and that we were going to open our doors. In fact, we made a decision we would never close our doors again. That was a bad experience. We never, we'd never, we never want to do that again. <laughs> Amen. And, uh And what happened was remarkable. We started attracting people. In fact, when we opened up our doors in May, we came immediately, the first Sunday we opened the doors up, we had 80% of our church family back, which is, by uh, standards, great. Right now, what I'm hearing across the nation, which is very disturbing, is that about 40% of people's original church uh, pre-COVID is back, and that many of those people will never, ever come back. Um, They've just fallen away. I mean, you know, that's a serious thing, when people just fall away, because there's no, no way to nurture them, no way to care for them, they just fall away. We had about 80% of our people come back, which was great. And then since then, we have been adding 100 new faces and friends every month since May of last year. I mean, you know, that's, that's just supernatural because we, we haven't been doing anything different. Amen. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Um, we're just still preaching the gospel. We're still loving people. We're st- still doing the same ministry. But, but how many of you know the Lord is doing something? And we just want to be sensitive to what he's doing. And, and you say amen if I'm right. But this is what I noticed about all the people God's blessed us with. Number one, they really love Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. If I'm talking to you, just say amen. Secondly, they really love the local church. In fact, they value corporate worship. They want to be in corporate worship. Um, I also noticed this. They love America. And they love freedom. Yeah. And they don't like the way our, our country is headed right now. And they want to be a part of a church that wants to speak to those situations and bring solutions and, and be a part of a church that cares about our nation that we're in and want to see an awakening in our nation. Am I talking to the right crowd, right? So, uh, yeah. And, and this last one's my favorite they're fighters. Yeah! Now, now I got to tell you something, if I can find this program. Here we go. When you look on the front of that now, all right, and you see that little flag right there, I got to tell you a story about that flag. That flag, when we were designing this logo, it was over here, and it was kind of draped over the top. And I said, I like that flag. I said, but I don't like it over on the side. I said, I want to take that flag with force, and stick it right in the middle of that O. Like we are claiming our ground, and we are moving forward. And, and let me just tell you where I got this. all right? I told this story a few years back. If you're a football fan, you probably know Baker Mayfield was number one draft pick. He plays for Cleveland Browns uh, right now. But he used to play at Oklahoma. And I'm looking at Kevin back there. Kevin, I, I'm going to pray for inner healing after I share this story. <laughs> Kevin is an Ohio State Buckeye fan. And Oklahoma played Ohio State at Ohio State in the giant stadium, enemy territory, and Baker Mayfield led the Oklahoma Sooners to an upset win over the Ohio State Buckeyes, and that was bad enough, but what happened next got me fired up. And I'm not even an Oklahoma State or Oklahoma fan, but Baker Mayfield grabbed the big Oklahoma flag that they wave in front of the stand, right? and ran the whole circumference of the stadium with the Oklahoma flag, and then he did the unbelievable. He ran out to the enemy's 50-yard line where the logo, the Ohio State Buckeye logo is, and he grabbed the Oklahoma flag, and he stuck it right in the AstroTurf on the 50-yard line, and then all of his team went out and circled around like, like it was a war victory. And I am, I am watching this on television, and I'm like, I want that guy at our church. That's that guy, our church. Because, come on, Joe, that, 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 listen to me, that captures the spirit of victorious Christianity. We should have, you know, what is the cross? The cross is the banner that Jesus planted on the enemy's territory to declare the victory, uh, that come-from-behind victory, that he won. So listen, the church of Jesus should be victorious. We should be bold. We should be aggressive. We should be fighters, not sissies. We should be people that look to pick a fight with the devil. We're Philistine taunters. you remember that? David says, let's go out and taunt some Philistines. Are you kidding me? Now, we don't taunt people. Our, our, our enemies are not flesh and blood, but our enemies are real, and they're demonic, and they, and they hate our guts. And when I have a sense of now, that's, that's, I want you, every time you see that little red flag for the next, I don't know how many months, I want you to go, <laughs> You know, I want you to, I want there to be something that rumbles in you like, yes, Because this now isn't like, hey, like maybe now. No, this is like now. Have any of you ever emphasized the now with your children at any point in your life? Like, like take the garbage out. No, now that you just help get them directed. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, here's what I'm talking about. Here's what God wants to hear in your life. Now is the season. To be bold. Now is a season to move ahead. Now is a season to believe God. I want to lay some track record here in the Scripture this morning before we get into some talk about our vision. All right, turn with me to uh, John chapter eleven, and we want to begin reading in verse seventeen. Of course, John eleven is when we're talking about Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, and the amazing miracle that Jesus performed in raising Lazarus from the dead. Right before Jesus is getting ready to experience the cross for himself. Now let me just parenthetically say this. Next Sunday, we're going to be doing a four-part series included in Good Friday called The Triumph of the Cross. There's a lot of what we've been teaching you that's personal in nature, like how to be, you know, victorious in your Christian life, how to hear God's voice better, you know, a lot of practical stuff. How many of you know it's good to get into some good, deep, rich theology? And I can't think of a better place to have good, rich theology than in the cross and all that Jesus did for us on the cross and accomplished for us on the cross. So we're going to spend the next four weeks with Good Friday in in there, uh, talking about the triumph of the cross leading up to Resurrection Sunday, when we're just going to party in this place and celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. So take a look with me at verse 17. We'll start reading there. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. I mean, you know, that's a pretty serious situation. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, she says, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Hallelujah for that. And then he asked Martha a really important question. He said, Martha, do you believe this? How many of you know heaven is always looking for agreement on earth? That's why Jesus said, do you believe this? Because if Martha doesn't believe, uh, then Jesus is probably Stop dead in his tracks, not that Jesus can't do whatever he wants to do, but how I many know he's limited by our unbelief. So one thing that slows him down is our unbelief, simply choosing not to believe that he can do what he said he can do and be who he says he is. And so here's a situation where Jesus is looking for agreement. He's saying, Martha, this is what who I am and what I can do. Do you believe me? And what I want you to see is a problem that Martha had that's probably similar to what you and I deal with on a regular basis. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you have plenty of faith for what took place in the past? (laughs) It's called the armchair quarterback syndrome. I knew it. I knew it. I knew if they would have done this, it wouldn't have happened. Or I knew if if they would have gone this way, they would have got the right result. I knew it. I mean, you know, it's easy to have faith for the past because it's already happened. And some of us get stuck in the good old days. Look at what Look at what Martha said here. She said to Jesus, "Jesus, if only you had been here four days ago, then my brother would not have died." In other words, she believed in the Jesus in the past. If he would have showed up sooner, her problem was Jesus showed up late, and now he's in the present, and 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 her brother is already dead. So we got a problem here. I want to encourage you that we got to get out of the good old days syndrome. How many of you believe? I, I want to make this personal. All right. How many of you believe that the past that we sometimes celebrate as being the good old days, if I could only go back and recapture that, number one, wasn't always the good old days as we thought it was. We kind of embellished the past. And sometimes we, uh, yeah, you don't want to go back to the past. Yeah, all right, I didn't think so. Some of you can go, no, Lord, please, we're not going back to the past. But how many of you know the, the, the purpose of the past is so we can look back and see God's faithfulness? And here's the deal, the longer you've known the Lord, the more proof you have to celebrate God's faithfulness and goodness. That's why, you know, another year comes, you know, the body gets a little older, but here's what happens, my faithfulness and my recognition of God's faithfulness gets larger and larger. And so if you have a track record of God's delivering you like Chris has, thank God, you're a different guy. Who would have thought you'd be up leading worship these days and loving your wife and raising your kids? That's not the man you were in the past. But Jesus has a way of changing all that. Amen. So we we don't want to be stuck in the past. And how many, of you know, she also had faith for the future. She said this to Jesus, Martha said he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Now, I want to ask you this question. How many of you have faith that your future is secure in Christ right now, today, right now, at this moment? If you were to die now, you're ready to roll. I'm good to go, man. And I, I encourage people, I've dealt with, with uh, many people in the, in the ministry that have experienced loss as part of this life before, before eternity, uh, painful things. And one of the books, I'm giving you a book recommendation, one of the books that everybody should read, everybody should have on your bookshelf, is the book Heaven by Randy Alcorn. All right? A lot of people are like, ah, well, you know, they're in a better place and, you know, whatever. And, um, but you know what? We don't really believe it because we haven't seen it. And it seems so foreign to us. But after I read that book, it put heaven in technicolor for me and helped me understand some of the things we'll be doing, what it's going to be like living on this renewed planet earth with people of God, with Jesus as the centerpiece of it all. Uh, and and it, it just put heaven into it from black and white into technicolor. And let me just tell you, I am so excited about my future. And I'm so excited about what Jesus has done for me so that whenever I stand and do a funeral for one of your family members, for one of my family members, I with confidence can say, you will see them again. You will hug them again. You will enjoy them again. Your best days are truly ahead of you. Yes, it's painful now. Yes, it hurts now. But for crying out loud, our best days are truly ahead. And I'm excited. I got faith for that. How about you? I got faith for that. It's not just cotton candy kind of we hope it all gets better faith. It's real faith. But I mean, you know, we don't live in the past, and the future is yet to come, and all we have is? Okay, you're going to have to practice again, because you're going to preach this with me this morning, all right? You only have to know one word of the sermon. It's? So all we have is? That's right. We have now, and God wants us to seize the now. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. God's best is not in the past, and it's not in the future. His best is right in front of you now. You know, I've been teaching you guys myself included. In fact, I cried out to the Lord this week. I said, Lord, please don't let me get old and die without learning how to hear your voice now. How many of you think there are people in this room this morning, there are people here that are hurting, that are overwhelmed, that are discouraged, and that want to quit now? All right. I mean, you know, as soon as we leave here, I promise you, your neighborhood is surrounded by those people. And how many of you believe that God wants us to hear his voice and be aware of the now so we can bring the eternal one into the now and he can change things and do incredible stuff and touch people's lives now through you? Like I'm I'm confident there are people here this morning, God wants to do something significant in you right here, right now. And some of it is asking the Lord to open our eyes and open our hearts so we can hear and be sensitive to what it is that he's doing around us now because this is all we have is now. The truth is, right now, is all you have because, I mean, you know, even in the Bible, it says this, don't be talking about next year we're going to go to Cancun or whatever because you don't even know if you have another hour. You don't even know if you have five minutes after you leave the church. The Bible says don't, you know, hold your plans loosely. Say, Say that if the Lord wills. Because we are not in control of our future. And all you have is this moment. And I really want us to get focused in on this. You have now. How many people worry about tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. I've heard people. Oh, they have a new baby. They're already worried about college. Yeah. You have an infant in your arms. and You're already worried about how we're going to pay for college. Will you stop it? You're, you're, you're missing the moment of Now. And it doesn't do us any good as we know to worry about it. All right? So here's, this is your time. This is where you're going to help me preach. We're not promised tomorrow, but we have... Now. Okay, so I'm going to ask you these questions. When is the right time to forgive? Now. I told you I'm going to mess with you. You all just said it. When is the best time to forgive? Now. Well, I'm going to wait till they deserve it. Right now they don't deserve it. They need a, I need to see a change of their... No. The best time to forgive is now. Let me ask you another tricky question. When is the best time to obey God? Don't you wish you would have listened a few years earlier? Don't you wish in those younger years when you were sowing all those wild oats that you're pulling out the weeds from your life to this day, you would have listened to the call of God on your life? When is the best time to obey God? How about this? When is the best time to believe God? How about when is the best time to get your marriage healed? Marriage class, 4 o'clock, all right? (laughs) When is the right time to break an addiction in your life? When's the right time for a spiritual breakthrough? When's the best time to surrender your life to Christ? Look at the word of the Lord. I love this. Jesus says, indeed, now is the right time. Today is the day of salvation. We had a beautiful young lady give her life to the Lord after second service. I love it when that happens. Because when is the best time to surrender to Jesus? Right now. Right now. Right now, right now, right now. Now is where the power lies. Now is where, where God releases His miracle power and His ability and His strength. And some folks are always waiting in line for that perfect time. But I want to tell you, you're never going to find the perfect time some people are always waiting well you know i'm i know i feel like god's wanting me to do this but i'm just going to wait a little bit because you're waiting for the stars to align or whatever how many of you figured out most of the time in life god's looking for you to step out when it's not convenient in fact it's an inconvenience have you ever been amazed in the bible when you're reading through a normal day in the life of jesus how unnormal it was Like, Jesus is going to heal this guy's daughter, and along the way, there's mobs, and the lady grabs his robe, and she gets healed, and who touched me? Remember all that? I mean, it was chaos in his life, or at least it looked like chaos, but it was heavenly chaos. In other words, God's doing things all the time that don't fit our agenda or our schedule. That's how he works. But he's saying, no, no, stop what you're doing and do it now. Take time now. That's the way the kingdom operates. How many of you realize that some opportunities have got to be seized? That word seized... In the Greek is where we get our word kairos. You've heard that kairos versus chronos as far as time. Kairos is an opportunity moment. It's a a moment that's favorable. You have to grab it. In fact, the word kairos, the root word, comes from the word head. It literally means something is coming to a head. Have you ever had that happen before in your life where you realize the pressure is building, something has to give? That that pressure that something has to give is one of those kairos moments. If you seize it, there's incredible potential on the other side of that moment. I want to read a great quote for you. And tell me if this is not true. and doesn't resonate with your heart. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Isn't that good? Opportunities have endings, they have expiration dates on them. And some opportunities have to be grabbed and seized because that opportunity never comes around again. I was reading uh, Jenison Franklin's book, a great great preacher from Georgia. Some of you know Jenison Franklin. But he shared a story about a missed opportunity in his ministry. And I want to highlight this because it really hit me. He said they had just finished an expansion, and, and uh, uh, they were paying that off, and their staff was kind of tired, a lot going on, and this opportunity came up. There was an opportunity to purchase a, a, a television station, a cable television station, for two and a half million dollars. He said, we, our church did not have two and a half million dollars. Our people had already given. He goes, we probably could have made it happen if we worked really hard and scraped the money together, but... You know, we just thought, you know, do we really need you know, do we really need a cable station and is this is this the Lord? And so here's what they did. They let that opportunity go by. Well, what Jennison Franklin didn't know was that the government was just getting ready to pass some legislation that basically said, if you own a cable you know network like one of the big cable networks that you had to give all the little guys access to your cable network so that all the cable companies had equal equal access right so the so the playing field was fair so in an instant this little local station that only reached local people now had access to the big cable network and they were reaching the greater atlanta metropolitan area well, here's, here's the missed opportunity. That $2.5 million opportunity now sold for $50 million. That's how much the value went up. Now, how many of you know God was trying to bless the church with a $48 million increase? But listen to me. It was inconvenient. And it was awkward. And it came at seeming at the wrong time. But sometimes opportunities hit you that way. And listen to me, I want to warn you. Sometimes opportunities look like work. <laughs> or, ready for this? Sacrifice. But if you had a chance to make a $2.5 million investment, and you knew in a matter of months it would be worth 50, how many of you think you'd find a way to raise $2.5 million? (laughs) I know I would. I'd be out talking to everybody I could if I had the foresight to know that. But listen, what we don't know is the future. What we do know is the one who knows the future. And when he speaks to us, we need to obey now. Amen? Now, let's seize those opportunities. You know, Here's the situation. At our last quarry meeting, in fact, we're having a quarry meeting tonight. I want to invite all of you to come. We'll have a chance to talk about what we just showed you on the video. How many of you enjoyed looking at the new front of our building? All right. It's spectacular, actually. It's absolutely spectacular. When we first stepped out in faith four years ago, I want you to know our foyer is about the size of our uh, sound booth. Okay, that was in fact, our foyer is on the other side of those two sets of doors because those doors didn't exist. That was a wall over there. So you came in and out right there. All right. Uh, And I mean, you know, that foyer holds about 10 people. The other problem we had was we did not have a clear entry at this church. It was a big building with a lot of expansion and a lot of doors. And it was like, let's make a deal. If some people would show up. You show up, you ended up in the nursery. People were like, yes, praise the Lord, we've been praying for you. And then you'd work there for the next six months. It was amazing. Uh, Some people showed up and they got the right door. They're in the sanctuary. Other people showed up in other parts of the building. But the point was there were no clear way of knowing how to get in here. So I'm like, we need to fix that. So I had this vision for a nice awning. Nice awning, sign, like enter here. And God let us to a builder, and to an architect, and the next thing I know, we walked away with a $3.5 million expansion and renovation. I went from a sign and an awning to a $3.5 million expansion and a really big foyer. In fact, I remember standing out there watching the steel girders go up, and I had this profound thought, that is a really big foyer, (laughs) I thought. In fact, that foyer is bigger than our sanctuary. In fact, I had this fear creep into my heart. People would drive by our church and go, that's that church with a really big foyer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had this fear that people would walk into this cavernous foyer and go, wow, I wonder why they built this cavernous foyer for these four people over here drinking coffee. I mean, you know, the devil always attacks, attacks you with insecurity. So can I just tell you something, when I, and I don't, I don't always get to go out there in between service, but when I see that footage and I get a glimpse of all the life that's happening, people sharing, drinking coffee, having, eating amazing food, getting caught up, it makes me want to cry. Because you know why? You've heard this said before, the shade that we're sitting under today is because somebody 30 or 40 years ago decided now's a good time to plant a tree right here. I mean, you know, the foyer that we're in right now, or the sanctuary we're in right now is because a bunch of people that didn't have two nickels that to rubbed together at the time believed God. My dad's elders started praying. Some of you know the story. God, where should we be? The Holy Spirit said, plant and crown point. Okay, God, where? My dad drives up to this corner right out here. That's a holy corner. There's a man standing on the corner. Rolls the window down. He says, hey, do you know who owns this property? The guy says, yeah, I do. My dad said, well, you wouldn't be interested in selling this property, would you? He says, as a matter of fact, I am. I mean, you know, that's a real estate deal from heaven right there. I mean, how does that happen? How many of you know? 30 seconds difference in time, and the guy's probably not standing there, and my dad's not at the corner. I mean, you know, God's really got this thing down pat. We got this land for $9,000 an acre, 20 acres. The land right next to this property was going, that development was just starting over there. It was going for $35,000 for a third of an acre, $35,000. We bought this land for $9,000 an acre. Because a because guy's standing on the corner, he probably didn't even know why. And my dad pulling up and, and, and had enough faith just to roll the window down and say, hey, there's some land. We could build a church on that land. And, and somebody stepped out. We're, we're, in the, we're living in the shade of somebody's now moment. You know, I want to ask you this question. If since May God's been adding 100 wonderful people since May of last year, 100 people a month, and we haven't stopped, that 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 is continuing to happen. Somebody said this one time, it's in the famous movie, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, how many know that's not necessarily true? If there's no life, you're going to have a big empty building, but where the presence of the Lord is, amen, where the presence of the Lord is, where people's lives are getting transformed. So here's what I want you to think with me. We're already experiencing that things coming to a head. In fact, I, I don't want to apologize ever for this. Like, if you're here and you're having to, you're getting irritated because you're in the parking lot and you cannot find a parking spot. Now, I know you can't relate to that, but the person next to you, they can relate to that. How I many of you know that, that little bit of irritation is called things coming to a head? Yeah. Can I just tell you something? Right now in our nursery, things are coming to a head. <laughs> that place is busting at the seams. Ready for this? So when I look at the life of Jesus, whenever he ran into busting at the seams, didn't have enough fish, remember that? Not enough fish and bread. He just told everybody, sorry, five of you get to eat. The 15,000 of you don't. Sorry. Isn't that what Jesus said? No, no, no. no. That's what the disciples said. (laughs) The disciples said, Jesus, send them home. Get them out of here. And Jesus said, feed them. Remember that? feed them. I hear the Lord speaking now. Our flesh says, get them out of here. (laughs) They can go somewhere else. They can show up early and fight for a seat. But how many know the Holy Spirit's saying, feed them now. And so there's a sense of urgency, Holy Spirit urgency. Because how many of you, you know, some people would say things like this, well, you know, pastor, I'm wondering if, you know, we're going to plateau. I don't believe in plateaus. What do you guys? I believe in temporary plateaus so you can disciple people and raise up leaders for the next move. How I many you know we're going from glory to glory? And, and, and I just want to share this. This is another reason for, for a now sense of urgency, all right? Um, I believe things are getting more and more challenging in the, in the surrounding culture. Anybody say amen to that? In other, in other words, things are getting darker. Guess what's happened to our homeschool co-op here? It doubled. You know why it doubled? Because people are getting concerned about what's going on or how things are going to happen. It, it doubled. I don't see any change in that. You know what's happened to our youth ministry? It's almost doubled. Pastor Aaron back there, uh, over 150 teens out on Tuesday night loving Jesus. That's awesome. Uh, how many of you think teenagers still need to encounter Jesus uh, so that's awesome all these little munchkins in there did you see them all jumping up and down i told you andrew wasn't that the cutest little picture little Nora? that was just ooh, she's so, so beautiful you look at all these kids in there worshiping the lord i'm like this is we have you figured out we are the solution to the world's problems and so i, I just want to tell you okay when i look at the economy i'm not prophesying this over us i'm just saying what i see When I look at the policies of this administration, these are not growth policies. These are kill the economy policies, all right? Inflation, I'll tell you what is growing. Gas prices, food prices, all right? So here's the question that I have. We can either do this, is this the right time to launch an expansion project over the next four years? Well, that would be a very logical, rational question natural way to think about things but we're not that we're supernatural and we live in a different kingdom so how many of you know you can choose to live in america or you can live in the kingdom of god the kingdom of god operates by all different principles now let me just tell you something we just had our folks coming up helping us with this campaign helping us with the drawings helping us with the building helping us with the raising capital for this all right And this is how the man opened up the meeting. He said, I am currently working in 38 states with churches. Let me ask you this question. How many churches in a post-COVID 2020 year are having expansion programs? None in his world except one, Living Stones. He said, everywhere I go, this is what he says. Now, Now, again... We all, we all know who we're clapping for here because this is a God thing, right? But we, are, but we are celebrating what God... I want you to seize the now. I want you to understand what's going on now. This is what he said, and he's a pastor. He said, I'm talking to all my pastor friends, and, and everywhere I go I talk about living stones. And this is what he said, we're starting to wonder if we missed an opportunity. I think there's a lot of pastors wondering, in other words, if they had a do-over, I don't think they would have done it the same way. But you know what? God led us differently. We move forward aggressively. We move forward in faith. And look what God has done and is doing. So here's my here's my challenge to you all. We can either live in the natural or we can live in the supernatural. We can either we can either dictate how our world's going to go by how that world is going to go or we can say, you know what, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to we're going to keep doing uh, aggressive things in reaching and loving people. We're going to keep believing God. And here's what I have to tell you, all right? And and, and we're going by the way, that video was just the first video. We got some testimonies on video that are awesome that we're going to be showing you in the weeks to come i could point in this room joe i'm looking at you joe Polanco did most of his business in illinois you all know how open and free illinois is (laughs) you all know how the city of chicago just leaned into this crisis and 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 cared about all the businesses and everybody oh no they shut it down tighter than a drum that's where most of his business was but you know what god's doing something supernatural in him First of all, he moved to God's country just across the border. It's called called Hoosierville. All right, I really encourage all of you to come to Hoosierville. But then he also had some major breakthrough in his own life, his family's life. Uh, Awesome stuff the Holy Spirit's doing in their family. And you know what? He's moving in a whole other trajectory now because God's bigger than COVID and even politicians. All right, God's bigger than politicians. And so it's a matter of whether we're going to choose to follow the Lord and really press in. You know, one of the phrases we heard over this business conference that was so good is where God reigns, R E I G N S. Where God reigns, God reigns. Where God reigns, God reigns. So I'm encouraging you, let's look for opportunity around us now that we can seize and we're not going to move forward in our own strength, our own understanding, our own pocketbooks. Uh, I just want to say this. Our plan was to take a nice break. We had a lot of people. You, when you go out there and drink that coffee, if you're new here, you're drinking coffee in the shade of a lot of faith and sacrifice commitment, people hearing the Holy Spirit and saying, all right, God, uh, I'm not sure how you're going to do that, but we're going to go there, writing checks and watching the Lord provide. You know, I'm going to have Jim D. share in the weeks to come because they were some of the most radical on that particular end. Just simply hearing again. I mean, when you hear what God says and you obey, that's radical because usually God's (laughs) pushing your boxes, all right? But the stories that people could tell in this room of how they obeyed God and God enlarged them because listen, God has, God has to do stuff like this through people. Don't you wish we could just pray and all of a sudden, <clears throat> there's a new sanctuary. Doesn't work that way. In fact, we can't even start breaking ground until next spring. So do the math with me, will you please? Where are we going to expand when we still have a year to break ground and then another year and a half to build up? So I told our staff last week, I said, guys and gals, get ready because this, this is the reality. We're going to be solving problems for two to three years. They're great problems, but they're problems. Like this week, I'll get the report from the children's ministry. And sometimes, unfortunately, we've had to turn some parents away because the room was already maxed out with kids, and we want to have safe, a safe environment to minister to your kids. So can I just tell you, in the next two years, if there's no room in the end, don't be mad. That church, you know, they turned us away. You know, how dare they? They don't love us or our kids. We love you, and we are working as hard as we can to make more room so we can love even more people. But how I many you know we're going to have to be creative, and we're going to have to stay happy? Last thing I'm going to say. When we built that foyer and we renovated this at one part of the process, everything was destroyed except this area right here. And the only door to enter when they started doing, working on the pavement out there and that overhang, the only way to get in this building right here, to worship right here, was on the other side of the building we entered through the youth room. There were electrical wires hanging down. There's chunks of drywall. There's dust. There's concrete floor. It, look, it, 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 was, a war zone. it was a war zone. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, anyway, we, we tell people, don't let the blue wire hit your head. That's a hot one, all right? We don't want to do it. Uh, but, um, and I'm not sure if the city even altogether knew what was happening. But we just kept having church, all right? We didn't know what was happening either. But here's what we did. We, we, taped, we taped off the area that was the run, running track. And we turned it into like a little mini 5K. We had tables set up with little cups of Gatorade. We had young people that were like, yay, way to go. Lynn, you're, you're through the youth room. You made it. And then you walk through the foyer in there. And hey, there's another cheer team. We literally weave through this construction zone full of dust to get in here. But how I many you know it's all about perspective? We could have been like, oh, my gosh. No, no, no. It was like, I, we didn't plan that. Like, like come on. But, you know, that was our reality. And so what do we do? We just lean into it. We gave out Gatorade. We turned it into a party. And, uh, and so, here, like, here's the last bit of news. Can you guys imagine with me? When the parking lot where we're all parking right now gets completely destroyed because it's going to be the new sanctuary and the new preschool area, guess where you're going to park? You're going to park in my backyard, which has now become a parking lot, and you're going to have twice as far to get from your car to the sanctuary. Now, good news is they're not touching this. The bad news is it will be a war zone. So, I want you to to dream with me about how we drive people, how we're going to park people, how we're going to deal with the inconveniences, but I also want you to picture the people that are in your family that maybe don't know the Lord yet, that are going to be next to you when we have that grand opening, because we're going to pray for those people along the way too, and all the people that are going to fill those seats, all right? Uh, And I want you to start dreaming with me about what that could be like. You know, I, I had all these four or five little girls here that blessed me with that. Uh, They're sitting all right here, and I I just went up to each of them, and I said, hey, are you guys excited about the future and about the legacy people my age and your age are going to leave for them? I said, how many of you guys worship? A couple of them raised their hands. I said, hey, have you ever imagined that new sanctuary with the new stage, being a part of the worship team five, ten years from now when you're leading worship? Their eyes got red. I mean, our job is to cast vision and create the shade for the next generation. Because I'll tell you this, I've, this is my fifth closing. <laughs> tell you this, there is nothing God loves more than his bride, the church. And his agenda is accomplished through us. And when you mess with the bride, you pick a fight with Jesus. And if you, if you aggressively pursue what Jesus is about, you see the glory of God. Jesus said to Mary and Martha, if you'll believe me, You'll see my glory. And that's the challenge before us. So we're going to preach into this. Man, we're going to keep preaching urgency, faith. I I hope to stir your heart personally, but I want to stir, stir us corporately because it's really an invitation. It's all it is, invitation. It's opportunity. It's a kingdom business opportunity is what we're putting before you, and we're going to keep laying that out in the days and weeks ahead. All right? So stand to your feet with me. Right after service, we're going to have a team up here because we want to pray with you. Can I just say this? I, I know some of you are struggling. Some of you are dealing with serious things. Please don't leave. Here's the word of the Lord. When do you deal with that? Now. Get some agreement. Some of you have been dealing with discouragement, depression. When do you deal with that? Now. Some of you have been dealing with stress. There are so many people having panic attacks and things like that. When do you deal with stress? Now. Breakthrough is now. Now. Now's where the power of God is. Now's where the presence of God is. It's now, 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 now. So get some agreement. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the fresh vision you've put before us. God, may we not be like the children of Israel who had a chance to say yes with you and enter the promised land, and yet they shrunk back. All but two, Joshua and Caleb, who had a different spirit. Lord, may we have a different spirit. May we be the ones who see the opportunity and seize it for the glory of God. We pray this all in Jesus' name, and we ask your blessing on our week now. And everybody said, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Have an incredible week. Come on out tonight if you can, all right? We'd love to have you out.